And I'm Malia. And this is Driveway Mama. Welcome back to the pod. We are so excited for this episode. Seriously, I don't think I've ever had so many people texting me saying, what, we have to wait a whole week? And so I know. I know that many of you guys have been patiently waiting to hear the rest of Sarah's story. Yes. So we're not going to waste any time. We will get into it. And being sort of like a peacekeeper, people pleaser, I don't get in arguments with people a lot because to me, it's not worth the energy mm-hmm. unless I'm late. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm really passionate about something, I'm just going to not care. Um, but we would have a lot of miscommunications where we'd be in the car and I would recall something or say something and he would look over and say something like, that's not what you said. And I would go, huh? He'd go, nope, you definitely did not say that. Or he would say, it was always at my expense. It was always a, um, no, you're a lot more mean than that or more harsh than that. And I would say, no, I, I remember word for word what I said. And he'd go, then he'd turn it even more and go, mm, well, maybe that's what you think you said, but that is not what was communicated. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not as clear a communicator as you think, because what came across was this, 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 and this, which is something I would never, I don't even remember the details. I just remember mm-hmm. it was something yeah. that would devastate me. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, Maybe I, what's crazy is he was preying on insecurities that I don't even know how he discovered these because I always felt like when I was younger, my sister and I would really butt heads. Obviously we're very different personalities Mm -hmm. and, uh, she would always tell me that I should be a lawyer or something because she just couldn't, I would talk her in circles to the (laughs) point where she would just give up and Mm -hmm. she'd be like, I know you're still wrong, but you're not even giving me She'd call it my juju. She would say, you're working your juju again. And I'd go, no, I'm gen- I'm not. I just am trying to like, I want you so badly to understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And we would just like go at it all the time. <laughs> so my ex would start to say, he goes, he said, uh, what did he, how did he word it? You have this habit of steamrolling people that don't see your point of view. So as soon as you catch on that someone maybe disagrees, you will like hold them down and and make until they're forced to say uncle. And that's when you let up, like they have to see your side and validate you. And if they don't, you will just flatten everyone in your way. And you think that you're saying one thing, but, and this would happen multiple times that he would reinforce this. He'd go, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. Or every time that he would either we'd just be having a casual conversation and and I would go, oh, I thought blah, blah, blah. He'd go, whoa, whoa, you're doing it again. And I go, what, what, what did I do? And he'd go, whoa, 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 whoa. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm getting worked up, but he is calling me out for getting worked up. So uh-huh. I would, I would try to calm myself so that he wouldn't feel steamrolled, but inside I'm genuinely confused because I feel like I'm having to learn a whole new way of communicating because my mm-hmm. entire life, I didn't realize that the words coming out of my mouth weren't matching what was going on in my head. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that everyone around me was kind of tiptoeing around me and trying to just agree with me because they thought I would steamroll them. So I was, I felt really shaky <laughs> as far as yeah. who I am as a person, my own recall of things. So I would start deferring to him or asking him what had happened? What did I say? Well, what Mm -hmm. did I come across this way? And he would go, "Mm." 
but the reason that I believed him was because a, there was enough truth in things mm-hmm. and B he was always trying to help me. So it was mm-hmm. just like, I love you. I'm right. here for you. We're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be your person in this. I will. It was always, he would quote this pastor that always said, the boy lays himself down. So the girl goes free. It was like men, the, he was using the whole submission argument in the Bible that mm-hmm. women should submit to their husbands. And the reason mm-hmm. that he would argue that is because, well, yes, it is submitting, but it works really well when the man has laid his life down so that the woman may flourish and may, you know, live her best life. So his whole pitch was, I exist so that you can be the best version of you. So let me help you stop hurting so many people. And I remember one time we were in our house that we had finally rented together, which was also drama. Nothing was going smoothly. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, I, like stuff was going down with his work. I don't even know if half the drama that he communicated to me was actually what was happening. Mm-hmm. But we were in our house one night and I couldn't, I was remembering something different and he stopped me and he goes, you're doing it again. And I just, I, I think, oh, he goes, so the next time this happens in public, if we're around a group of people or if we have company over and he goes, um, how, as your husband, he, cause we're planning ahead for when we're getting married. He goes, now, when I am your husband, how would you like me to correct you? Do you want me to do it publicly in front of everybody? Or do you want me to wait until we're alone? Like next time you steamroll someone. Oh and gosh. I just broke down. I sobbed because oh. I started thinking, I am a mess. Like, how is he even dealing with me? I am such a witch. Just like, oh. and then he comes in with the big bear hug and he goes, it's okay. It's okay. Like, I'm here for you. We're going to so- get through this. What are you going to say? She's just say just breaking you down so he can Literally. be your savior. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was the same cycle so... over and over again. I, and there were so many other instances. Well, I mentioned this with other people, but oftentimes I would get an intuition where I would mm-hmm. hear something or feel something and it would turn out to be true. And I remember sharing with him something really personal a couple of times. And I, I don't remember the details, um, but I just remember finally deciding this is my, this, I love this guy. This is who I want to share my life with. I'm going to share this very, not everyone, you know, gets this spiritual or believes in this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to share it with him like a dream I had that Mm -hmm. came true or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And the first few times it was just kind of, Oh, cool. It wasn't negative. So I was like, Mm -hmm. he's open to that. And then later now, you know, I, uh, like AE after engagement, is when, you know, the conflicts were happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would tell him something and he would go, he'd go, yep, you might want to check in whether that was actually the voice of God or something else. Because what did he, he goes, uh, the devil is a really good liar. Oh. And I'd be like, shoot, you're, geez Louise. And at first I didn't just take that. Mm-hmm. I was like, who do you think you are? You know, kind of thing. But then he knew enough of the word, mm-hmm. enough of the Bible and he'd been right enough that after a while, I stopped questioning him. He would say, you know, mm, the devil knows scripture too. So just be careful. There are a lot of things that you have just taken for granted that you haven't actually read into. Or there were a lot of maybe teachings that I subscribed to, pastors I listened to. Mm-hmm. I took him to two churches that were important to me while we were together. And both of them, he pointed out very specific things. He was very upset. One service, apparently, he almost walked out. So I found myself 
I found myself listening to these sermons or going to churches and hearing things through his ears mm-hmm. and finding all kinds of things wrong. Not because I thought they were wrong, but because I could hear his voice in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he's not going to like this. Oh no, not another, you know, biblically yeah. inaccurate church. I mean, it turns uh. out probably every church in California, <laughs> according to him, <laughs> you know, is biblically inaccurate. So yeah, yeah some of the biblical manipulation, he started to make me doubt real experiences I had actually had. Mm-hmm. And then just my own knowledge of God, the Bible, mm-hmm. how things work, and then how I interact with people and how they perceive me. This is crazy, which I, I'll explain later. I did have a thought that ended up being the truth that would, if I had investigated it, it would have blown everything wide open weeks and weeks earlier mm-hmm. instead of really? eight days before my wedding. Yeah. So at what point... I know the wedding was postponed, right? So at what point, when did it start shifting into, okay, I don't know if I can marry this guy anymore? Or was that you feeling that way or how did that work? I never felt that. Um, I didn't get anything negative from friends or family. The only, the only thing negative happening with anybody other than the two of us was I knew my mom was on a war path to get to me, to talk to me the week Mm -hmm. before my bachelorette party. I had a full-time job. I had a lot of things going on. I was trying to plan this wedding and trying to move. So I was packing, you know, wedding was the next week working and she kept going, um, can we go to lunch? Can we do this? And I was just like, it's more of the same thing. Just give me some freaking space. No. And come to find out the Friday before. So my bachelorette party was on a Saturday. So the day before my mom had managed to get a hold of my boss's wife. So my boss and his wife were like second parents to me. I had gone to college okay. with their daughter. The whole reason I had this job was because I, I had gone on family vacations with them. I was really, really close with them. So mm-hmm. my mom got a hold of his wife and said, I'm desperate. I need someone to hear me out and tell me if I'm crazy, can we go to lunch? So all I know is my mom is at lunch with Stacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm at the office. Stacy comes back from lunch with my mom and she pulls me aside and I had not been sat down like this. And Stacy, <laughs> you don't want to be on the receiving end of one of these talks. Oh, she, no. <laughs> she is like a mama bear. Mm-hmm. So if she's protecting you, you know, anybody in her wake is better, better pray. So <laughs> she sits me down and she gives me this come to Jesus talk. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just had a conversation with your mother and we are concerned. And that's when I just kind of like went wide-eyed and looked at her like, okay, okay, I'm listening. And she said, "Um, honestly, I had not put two and two together. I haven't talked to anybody else. Like we haven't been, not all of us, you know, my community hadn't been talking, but she said, your mom has brought to me concerns. And now that she has expressed everything to me the way that she did, I am putting my own pieces together. And now I am officially concerned about you. She said, there have been major pillars to who you are, who we have known you to be for the past 10 years that are changing and it's not for the better. And she said, things that have made you things that like have made you the person that we love are shifting. And she goes, when you meet someone, yes, change happens, but you should be blossoming and growing. Like when you're in love, you're, you're the best version of yourself. And she goes, this is not, you're not changing in the, in a good way kind of thing. And people that you used to subscribe to that kind of thing. Like, or, you know, you're questioning. Cause I, I made a couple of comments and she would point at me and go that, that is not the Sarah that we know and love. I am. I don't like this, you know, kind of thing. And I just said, okay, okay, okay. And this is the first time that it had been laid out for me like that. Mm-hmm. And the way the conversation ended was 
you better be on your knees. She goes, we're going to be praying for you. And she goes, tonight, when you go home, you better be on your knees praying. And I said, okay, I will. Okay. That night, I didn't know what to pray because all I knew was that the next weekend, not the next day, but the Saturday after or the Sunday, I don't know which day my wedding was going to be, I was going to have this dang wedding. So I just prayed that everything would work out Mm because I still at this point, I remember thinking if they just knew him the way I knew him, I know there's a lot of confusion. I thought everybody was getting hung up on the fact that I hadn't been given a hundred thousand dollar piano or flown to New York for this dress. (laughs) That is all I knew. So at that point, oh, wow. Okay. That's crazy. Until she had spoken with you. Yeah. I thought that everyone was overreacting because he wasn't following through on promises. So Mm -hmm. what's wild is I felt that I had been part of the decision to not follow through on those promises Mm -hmm. because I had said, do not spend a hundred grand on me right now. Right. I would, I would rather see that money go toward a house and Mm -hmm. a wedding, you know, things like that. So I'm not holding this against him for not getting me the piano. I knew that Kimmy and Brian were now in New York. I'm not holding Mm -hmm. that against them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I knew that my fiance was stressed at work. I'm not expecting him to text my mother twice a week, you know, things (laughs) like that. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds crazier than it really was. Mm -hmm. Now looking back, I don't blame my parents for noticing a stark contrast in his Mm -hmm. behavior. That would be weird for anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I prayed that night. And speaking of hearing from God, a phrase popped into my mind that did not, it was not my own. And it was Sunday will be pivotal. And I know it wasn't my oh, own gives thought. Me chills. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't, I don't often tell this version of it uh-huh. because it could, you know, you, there's the five hour version. There's the two. Yeah. <laughs> but I, here's a snapshot of where my mind was. I remember thinking, great. So after Sunday, everybody's going to finally get it. And I'm going to have this wedding. <laughs> so Saturday, I woke up ready for my bachelorette party, having tons of peace. And I drove to the house that my fiance and I were renting. I just wasn't living there yet, but he had moved in and he made me this big, amazing breakfast. And he was listening to a new worship album that had been put out. And there was a song playing in the background. And for some reason, as I'm eating, I honed in on it. And I said, can you turn that up? And he goes, oh, they really went off the rails in this album. And I remember thinking, you're the one playing it. <laughs> if you, you know, if you think they went off the rails, mm-hmm. why are you listening? Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I forget what it's called. It's a Corey Asbury song called, um, uh, reckless, reckless love. love. Oh, yep. Yes. Yep. And it was, it's all about how he will leave the 99 to rescue mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. for some reason, everything in me was like, listen to this song, listen to this song. So I say goodbye. I'm heading down to my hometown for my bachelorette party. I'm stuck in tons of traffic. So I'm like, you know what? I should find that song for some reason. I crank it up at, you know, super high and I am praying the whole way and I am so stoked. I'm like, I'm going to have my dream wedding. This is going to be amazing. Uh, I show up to my bachelorette party because everyone was meeting at my family's house, but my family wasn't going to be a part of it. We were going to go off from there. And I remember walking in the door jazzed and feeling the air in the room was not the same as (laughs) what I was feeling. And I'm like, Oh, well, everybody buckle up, like put on your boot, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We're going to have a blast and you're going to like it. And we did an escape room and went to dinner and I had tons of fun. I just remember everybody being kind of quiet and awkward. And I remember when we were going to dinner, I overheard a couple of kind of whispery conversations. And I remember thinking, can you not, you know, if there's something that everyone's concerned about, can you just tell me and not like, why are we having this? If you don't want to be here, it was really strange. Mm -hmm go home, open presents. Everyone leaves. I go to leave back to Sacramento and my parents asked me to stay and talk. And I was so over it at this point. I just thought, can you stop trying to get a word in edgewise? 
mm-hmm. we know that you just can't get over certain things. You know, they sat me down and said something I just wasn't expecting at all. They officially asked me to postpone the wedding. And I said something like, you better have good reasons. And they said, just let it, we feel like we need more time. Let him come on, you know, the annual camping trips and the guy's trip and then this and this, we just need more time with him. And I just wasn't getting it. I was combative. I was really angry because I hadn't, it hadn't been presented to me this way. And we were only eight days out or nine days out at this point. And I remember saying a little too late. Thank you though. And my mom said, I, I, she said something like, Sarah, we feel sick. And that, that hit me differently because mm-hmm. I know my parents. So that's when something told me, okay, there is maybe something outside of myself, outside of them that might be off and they just need legit reassurance. And she, my mom explained that she had been waking up in torment in the middle of the night for the past two weeks. And she didn't know why. And she would just wake up in a cold sweat. Didn't know, had nothing. And I said, can you, is there anything you don't like? And she goes, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I wish I could tell you I am sick and I am getting no sleep. And I was, I said, fine, I will postpone this, but you better be right. I just, I didn't give them any mercy at all. And I go back to Sacramento. I walk into our house feeling like I was going to throw up. And of course, what makes it worse is there's music blasting and all of these little to-dos that had been on our list for the house. He had just gone to work doing. So he's blasting worship music. I can hear a drill going in the bathroom because he's installing all this stuff. The kitchen table is covered in flowers, chocolates, my favorite snack, uh, a handwritten card. The fridge is full of crazy expensive organic wines and vodka and these meals and everything. And this is a side note of our relationship I hadn't mentioned yet. He would go on these weird like rants where he would go, this is going to be an alcohol free home. And we drink too much wine. And I remember thinking we never have wine. I didn't, I didn't really drink that much then maybe Uh a glass every other week or something. Mm -hmm. I think I have more wine now often, you know, than I did then. (laughs) And then I would come home and just feel a little whiplashy because our, our fridge would be full of exactly what he'd said. We're not going to buy anymore. And by we, it was always him (laughs) Uh buying really expensive stuff. He didn't, you know, he didn't shop at, you know, Costco or something. It was, (laughs) it was Whole Foods. It was this little butcher down the road that was small town and amazing, but really expensive, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It was high end everything. So I had to see all this and know I'm about to rip the rug out from Mm. under him and ruin his life. So I sit down and I tell him it was just, it was like, we both couldn't breathe. The air was just stripped from the room and his face was in his hands. And the next thing he says is, you have, we have to tell my parents flights are booked. Flights are booked because his aunt and uncle that I had met in Texas, his cousins from another state, his parents from Colorado, um, Uh, the officiant from, oh, it was going to be his brother. I think was from Missouri or Mississippi. And he just like, both the color was drained out of our faces. And he goes, you're going to, you have to do this. Don't make me call my parents and tell them. And I remember in that moment thinking, you know, as crazy as things were and as deep in as I was, I remember thinking, don't put this on me. Yeah. Please don't make me do that. Mm -hmm. I had already had a sense that his mom could become a little bit unhinged. We'd had a really, Mm -hmm. really eye-opening conversation with her around budget when it came to the wedding. Mm -hmm. They saw on our website a couple weeks earlier that we, in, in 
place of a registry. We also had a registry for anyone who wanted, mm-hmm. which he threw crazy expensive, stupid <laughs> stuff on there. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like a drone. I'll never forget that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, honestly, he, my husband would do that, but <laughs> drone on our registry. But. I think it was the combination of everything yeah. that just was yeah, a little, no. a little tacky, but he, um, also, uh, we had a, um, what is it like a honeymoon fund where people mm-hmm. could donate yeah. his parents, I guess were embarrassed. They thought that that made it look like they couldn't help us or that they were poor. Oh. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So we had a phone conversation. His mom called him and he put her on speakerphone. Now that I think about it, I'm not sure why he would have done that because she was literally screaming at him. This sweet, adorable little woman with the brightest blue eyes you've ever seen who treated me like a princess screaming on the phone. We're walking around downtown Sacramento. She's on speakerphone dropping F-bombs, telling him oh, no. she he is not her son. How <gasps> dare he? make them look poor. And it, it felt, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I don't want to use, I don't just I'm very two-faced, very Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, he is such a saint because he handled it so calmly. He was still, it was okay. 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 And I was screaming inside, just absolutely petrified, had no mm-hmm. reference for this. We did not yell in our house growing up unless it was like siblings fighting, you know, but my parents mm-hmm. never raised their voice and I had never been called names like that. I had never, it, all the things she said were just awful. Um, so uh, I was not about to call her right. and tell her that terrified. No, thank you. Yeah. So, so that night I go home back to my apartment and it was probably midnight or 1am. I'm obviously not sleeping. Mm -hmm. And Kimmy texts me out of nowhere. And I just thought, of course she knows. (laughs) And it was, I have this pit in my stomach. What is going on? Something is clearly going on and I have to know now. And I remember saying something like, "Uh uh-uh, just not right now. Don't talk to me. Mm -hmm. I was it was almost like I was at a drunken stupor. I was so deeply miserable and torn and uh, upset. And she kept pushing and insisting. And then she said, um, does it have something to do with the wedding? Please just tell me if this wedding is still happening. Brian is currently talking Bubba. <laughs> the stupid nickname they had for him. Um, <laughs> Brian is currently talking Bubba off a ledge. <laughs> so now I've got this what sounds suicidal right. threat yeah. happening. And she is insisting on knowing if this wedding is happening. And I still, I just said something like, please give me space. Mm-hmm. Not right now. And she said, I need to know because Brian and I were planning on flying out and surprising you guys next Sunday. And if it's about the money, like, just tell me we'll cancel flights and we will transfer you however much you need to make this happen. Just, I want to make sure it's not about the money. And in the moment, I remember thinking, you were you don't just show up unannounced to someone's wedding that has a very small guest list. That's yeah. kind of it's it's not cool. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've got, you know, specific amount of seats and plates and all that. Yeah. Um and I don't remember if I told her exactly whether or not it was canceled, but I do know the next day, so Sunday morning, my roommates are home, probably heading off to church. I hadn't slept a wink and I asked 
my roommate who I was closer to the one that had seen the situation with maple and all that stuff. I asked her to come in my room and I just, I was a mess. And I said, please be honest. Cause I thought this is, this is the time. And I, I even told her, I said, lay everything out there for me. What is your honest opinion on my relationship with Dick? And you could tell she was really taken aback and probably put in an awkward spot, but she was very diplomatic and said, I see how happy he makes you. And I want, I want you to be happy. And he seems to take really good care of you. I'm happy for you. And while I'm trying to talk to her and telling her what happened and where things are going, cause she was going to be part of the wedding the next weekend. And this is a major thing that I had to tell my friends, like, Hey, the wedding's off. And I had a lot of friends that have been waiting for this for a long time. Cause I was older, you know, I dated a lot. Everyone's very yeah. excited about this. Um, we're in there for a few minutes. Kimmy is continuing to try to blow up my phone. My other roommate comes in. What's up? What's going on? What you guys doing? <laughs> and she obviously sees what's going on. And I start asking her the same questions and she looks over, she sees Kimmy's name on my phone and she goes, kind of rolls her eyes and says, is that Kimmy? Cause they were both, they had seen how often I'd been talking to her mm-hmm. and I could tell they thought it was weird that I was talking to someone so much. So mm-hmm. I wanted them to know, look, I'm aware of it too. I'm not besties with her. I know right. it's weird. I'm trying to get her to leave me alone. Um, but it's not until now that my other roommate looks at me and she goes, have you ever talked to this woman? And I went, yeah, I talked to her all the time. She goes, no, have you heard her voice? And I went, no, but she has FaceTimed, you know, my fiance. And she goes, have you heard her voice and have you seen her face? And I said, I've seen her face in pictures. You know, we keep narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, have you Skyped her? Have you seen her talking? Do you know who she really is? And as the realization of what she was implying was sinking in, I I think I remember I went a little bit lightheaded and I dropped to my knees and just kind of like leaned a little bit. Cause I just couldn't, you know, you, the, like the pre pass out yeah. kind yeah. of feeling. And the roommate I was closer to kind of like held me and the other roommate grabbed me a glass of water, come in. And they said, ask her, ask her to call you, try to get her to call you. And I just called her. And it went to, it said it like, it wasn't working or it went to some kind of like voicemail or it said this, something, it wasn't working. There was no voicemail mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, it was a close one. Cause I'm, I'm not, I don't know what to expect on the other end. Hey, like, yeah. I don't know what's going to, what's going to come or who I'm going to hear. So when it didn't go through, I was kind of relieved. My heart's pounding. And then she starts to call me back mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do. The phone's mm-hmm. ringing. It's her name. And we're all staring at each other. And my roommate's going, get it, get it. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't do it. And to this day. I think my biggest regret is not answering because I don't know what would have been on the other end. Mm -hmm. So instead of answering, uh, oh, she, when I let it go to voicemail, she texted me and she said, uh, your voicemail's not set up, hun. Cause I had just got a new phone. I hadn't set up my voicemail. So maybe she would have freaking sent me a, left me a voicemail and I would have had her actual voice. I don't know. I can't believe that happened. But instead I started to ask her to send me a selfie of herself, wherever she was with a peace sign. Mm -hmm. And that's what, my uh, roommate suggested I do. She goes, ask her to send you a selfie with a peace sign. I'd seen the show catfish. I knew that this is what a lot of people do. And immediately Kimmy sends me a picture of her at dinner. She goes, we're at dinner. And I went, you're not holding up a peace sign. So she sends me another one. This is Brian and me at our wedding. And I said, I've seen that one. It started to get worse and worse and worse. And she started to get, she started to push back more and more against the idea of a peace sign. She said, I don't know why I remember this phrase because it's so weird. She goes, this is insane sauce. <laughs> I'm laughing, but in the moment, 
not funny. Yeah. And, no. Um, she said, is this because something like you're doubting me? This is insane sauce. And I said, well, if it is, and if you really value your friend this much or something, you know, that you really want to mm-hmm. see this wedding happen, mm-hmm. the least you can do is send his crazy fiance a selfie with you holding up a peace sign. Just send the freaking peace sign, lady. Yeah. I don't, I, cause it was like, she kind of made it seem like, you know, she couldn't step away and do that right now. It was too mm-hmm. much to ask. And I was like, if you had the time to go through your phone and send me all the pictures you're sending me, exactly, it would be easier. You know, mm-hmm. just snap that quick selfie, send it, be done, be free of me. And it never came. I never got it. And things went radio silent. So now my roommates and I are sitting there processing what this could mean. Who is she? Is it him? What's going on? Who Who is he? There's so much more we don't know. And maybe a few minutes later, 15, 20 minutes later, it's like 12 o'clock, I think now on Sunday, mm-hmm. he and I had, I forgot, we had scheduled a dance lesson for our first, our couple's dance mm-hmm. for our wedding. And it was at like 1230. So he called me, I pick it up and it was really awkward. My roommates are standing there. I had him on speakerphone and he said like, what you doing? And I went, oh, I'm just talking to Kimmy. And it goes dead silent. He goes, um, what, uh, what about? I said, oh, she knows goes quiet again. I'm trying to speed this up so I don't take forever for you guys. And uh, he he goes quiet and he goes, um, what, do you, what do you need from her? And I said, oh, she knows. And he goes really quiet. And I look at my roommates. My roommate goes, he's thinking his wheels are spinning. Like he's trying, you know, he's trying to figure out what to say next. And he said, what, uh, uh, what'll happen if you never get what you need from her? Mm. And I went, well, I guess we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there won't we? And he just goes, okay. Um, I said, so what have you been doing all morning? And he goes, well, I, um, what did he say? He'd been so, he'd been listening to worship music and in his Bible and praying all morning and didn't realize the passage of time until his alarm went off for our dance lesson. So he thought maybe he would call me and see if he was still picking me up for the dance lesson. And given that we had just called off our wedding mm-hmm. and I knew Kimmy wasn't real. I'm not going to this dance right. lesson. No. So I told him, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Were you scared um, of him at this point? Like petrified. Okay. okay. I was shaking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely petrified. Because the other thing I know is he's a big guy, tall, okay. broad, very mm-hmm. strong. And looking back, one of the very first times I FaceTimed him, he was kind of jokingly laughing about how big one of the guns were that he had under his bed. Oh no. <laughs> I know this sounds like he's a psycho, but when you're like, when you live in a world yes. where people, you know, have concealed carry and they're, oh, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't that because he didn't talk about him a lot. It wasn't like he was mm-hmm. obsessed with his guns or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was more of just like a, like if, if you're not comfortable with this, this might freak you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and play i live alone in the bay area but don't worry i'm good i got this by my mm-hmm. pillow you know it's kind of a joke yeah um but at this point i've helped him move i know what he has and where mm-hmm. they are and that he is you know proud of them and mm-hmm. now i don't know who he really is so i don't know what i don't know right um i called i think i called or texted my family and said I didn't give them details, but I said officially something like it's off. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. And I I said something like there has been more that's been found out. It's off. We're breaking up. This is over. Oh, wow. And I found out later that my mom and dad had been sitting at the kitchen table 
And my dad, I even get emotional telling it now. My dad dropped his face in his hands and started weeping because they had been so terrified Mm -hmm. that they were wrong and that they would lose me for forever. And the weight on him was so heavy that there was just so much relief that they hadn't been wrong. Not that they wanted Mm -hmm. something to be, you know, wrong, but they knew the risk that they had taken in asking me to postpone and they had been doubting their own guts. And so to find out that something had happened, that they were right. And I was calling it off. The relief was just, I guess he wept. I've, I haven't seen uh, him weep since I was like six. Oh. So it was, it I was love really that. I know. I know. I know. Especially him. Who's, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a Marine fire yeah. chief, you know, that typical personality. Mm-hmm. So it's not, he's not very emotional. So, uh, once they found, I, at this point, the narrative with him was that we're just gonna go back to dating. Mm -hmm. Um, but when my family found out the details of things, they said, don't even pretend, don't try to placate him. Don't Mm -hmm. try to keep him happy. We don't know if this guy's dangerous. We need to be out. So I'm going to try to speed up this part. It's just that the, the getting me out part was just Mm -hmm. insane. Uh All my belongings are in this house. So I was still trying to play the, yeah, we're just going to go back to dating. We're going to reverse a little bit. And he was giving me this big, long spiel of, um, we're going to be great. I'm going to counseling. We're going to go to couples counseling. We're going to go to parental counseling because there's been couple sin, parental sin. And I just remember thinking, you've what? lost your mind. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like this is spiraling out of control. He was telling me all these accountability groups he was joining. He had reached out to our church's leadership and asked for one-on-one like mentorship and counseling and accountability. And he started sharing all these iPhone notes with me where he was going to document all of his notes on his daily devotions to be a better person. And it was a flood. It was just a flood. And he still had not admitted to me anything to do with who Kimmy and Brian really were. I couldn't get the truth out of him. I even had him come to my apartment looking back, probably not a safe choice, but I just wanted, I wanted to give him a chance to come clean and he would only give me little bits and pieces. And it was only, I did not actually get a full confession out of him until over a month later after he had left the state and everything was fully done. And the way I knew that I needed to keep running was because I knew he wasn't giving me the full truth, but every time I would get a little snippet and he would think that I was okay with that he would mm-hmm. act like everything was fine. So I knew there's so much more here that I have yeah. yet to uncover. I still might not know who this guy is. So word gets to my family of exactly what had happened, that he had been likely making up fake people. Mm-hmm. They knew the history with these people. They knew their names because I'd talked to them. So right. the, the impact of that had hit them pretty much as hard as it did me. That's when my dad called my cousins, two of them that live out near where I was, Mm-hmm. And they didn't even ask for details. He just said, we need to get Sarah out of that house. We need to get her stuff out. And it's not a safe situation. We don't know who this guy is anymore. And all my cousin said was, because one of my cousins is a cop. Mm-hmm. And he goes, should so-and-so be packing? <laughs> my dad goes, probably. <laughs> and he goes, on it. Mm-hmm. My cousins met up, like got their got their trucks, you know, rode out there. So my parents are coming out to Sacramento. I tell my fiance on FaceTime, FYI, my family's on their way. We're Did doing he this know now. you were, he knew you were coming to get this stuff, but not because He's, of a breakup because of 
Post- he thought no one's coming. We're just postponing. Oh, We're still boyfriend okay. girlfriend. And then I FaceTimed okay. him again later after he'd been at my apartment after all day, he thought we were going to work this out. And I FaceTimed him and said, family's on the road right now. We're not going to postpone. We're breaking up completely. This oh, is over FaceTime over, over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, my sister has the whole thing recorded. She threw her phone on my bed cause she came over. <laughs> so we have all the audio. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't use it for anything. It's just no. crazy. Um, what was creepy about that conversation and that little snippet was once I confirmed to him, yes, like this is happening. He didn't, his face just went flat. All emotion left, all expression left his face and it just went dead. And he goes, so what are we doing here? Uh, yes or no? Because I have a lot of business. I need to take care of a lot of phone calls to make if this is what we're doing. And I just got kind of shocked and went, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. And he goes, okay. And it went quiet for a second. And he goes, so do we follow each other on social media anymore or no? Because <laughs> that's and the I went, question. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need to think about right now. So I went, nah, you know, no, I'm still trying to keep the peace. I said, I don't, I don't think that's a great idea. And he just kind of, you know, laughs. Okay. And then he goes quiet, and he comes back, and he goes, Oh, come on, you don't want your ex fiance watching you go on dates with your new boyfriends. And I went, No. And he thought he was making a joke, and he go, and you can, I don't know, you can bleep this out. I'm just going to say exactly what he said. He goes, Oh, come on. And I just kind of had this weird moment. I thought, you freak. And I said, no, the last nine months of my life where you spiritually manipulated me, that's fucked up. But what's crazy is his response to that was. You told me you said that to him? Yeah, I said that word for word. And he goes, yeah, good point. (gasps) No. Literally, John. The freaking trippiest yeah it was i Ooh, it was, that actually is, that could just like yuck it was kind of out of body for sure I, like i felt like this is not this is not real i'm actually watching a movie mm-hmm. and Seriously. this guy has some kind of split personality that's what it felt mm-hmm. like in the moment so my sister and i get in my car we drive out to the house which is only maybe 10 minutes down the road and mm-hmm. it's at night now and my parents are not quite there yet and we're looking for my cousins and I swear, I, I don't remember if one of them did like a bird call or a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was like a caca. <laughs> <laughs> and across the street behind bushes, my cousins had been staking out the house. They'd been looking <laughs> in the window. Truly a movie. <laughs> yes. <Literally. laughs> yes. They had been watching the house because they wanted to see. They knew that my fiance knew people were coming. So mm-hmm. is and they know he owns guns. Right. They know he's a big guy and they know he's kind of a jerk. At least he had yeah. been to them. I found this out later that he'd been a jerk to them. So they don't trust him. They already knew he was bad news. Mm-hmm. So now they find out all this crap that he's done. They don't know, you know, what they should be prepared for. So they, I guess they, uh, they texted or called my dad and said something like, he's in the kitchen drinking a glass of milk. He's a sociopath. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they were just looking to see, you know, is there a gun on the table? Yeah, you know, yeah, what is he doing in there? Yeah, he was just chilling, <laughs> just chilling like a melon, literally. So that's when we, I think my cousin stayed hidden the entire time. I don't think he ever knew they were there. They mm-hmm. were just across the street to keep an eye out on things. Mm-hmm. And then my mom and dad, and I think my brother was with them. It's it's crazy that I don't really remember because he's just, he's so quiet and stays under the radar. Um, so he, they showed up, my sister and I showed up and we go in the house and we start getting stuff while he stands there awkwardly and we're just unpacking things. And he insists on trying to give me a hug. He tries to give my mom a hug, my sister. But when he goes to my dad to shake his hand, 
my dad just steps back, takes a big step back on the driveway. Everyone's watching. And my ex goes, come on, let me just, you know, like man to man kind of thing. Like, let Mm -hmm. me, you know, my dad just takes another step back and then he raises his hand, his pointer finger and points at him. And he just goes, get help. And turns and walks away from him. We're all just like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And that was the, I want to say it was the next day my mom and sister came back with me to get more of my stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think he was still there. And that was the last time that I saw him. Within that next week, he'd gone out of town for something and he left his poor dog shaved to the skin. Mm -hmm. And it's cold outside shaved to the skin locked in the backyard with no food and water so we went over to the house a couple of times to take care of the dog make sure he was warm and safe and fed and got the rest of my stuff out and then he packed up everything and left the state to go back home to colorado that weekend i think it was maybe the next weekend so when i went back to the house to get all my stuff out he had thrown half of his belongings our kitchen stuff cast iron pans everything in the fridge, cleaning supplies, household supplies, all in trash bags and left everything dumped both in and out of trash bags all over the driveway. So I had to clean up probably 10 to 15 of the big, big, big black Black bags full of very valuable, Mm -hmm. useful home items that he just said, screw you, F all of this. I'm out. Left it all. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't until a month later when I was trying to get, I kind of learned his MO. I was trying to get refunds for people that had donated to our honeymoon fund. He was playing me on that, giving me the runaround. Oh, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. That was maybe two or three weeks of that. I got the refunds within 24 hours when I finally realized, I think he's lying. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to the company and got it all back. Um, When I, I tried calling him out for a couple of things and his own, that was when he confessed that Kimmy and Brian Powers were not real people because he was trying to get one up on me. I called him out for something else, knowing it would set him off and that he would try to get the upper hand. And sure enough, he texted back with, nope, that's not all. Brian and Kimmy Powers and just went through everything and tried to victimize himself, said it was out of deep insecurity because you made me feel this and that. And He he catfishes you and it's your fault? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I apparently drove him to that point two weeks within our relationship. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's like it's so bad that it's funny. It's not funny, but it's just... that right. It's it's so far from reality. You either you have to laugh. Yeah. Now I do. I mean, then I you know I didn't sleep for weeks. I didn't know if someone was going to come. I I didn't know. You know, I didn't even know if he'd truly gone to Colorado. I mean, deep in my gut, I knew he'd picked up and ran, but there was still the logical side of me going, you don't actually know this guy. Like, is he watching you? Is he? Yeah. What is he doing next? He'd even made the creepy comment about watching me go on dates. And I thought, in what world would you even joke about that? Yeah. Mid breakup, you know? In that moment, you're usually just trying to survive and pick up the pieces, you know, emotionally. So. That's where I'm sort of, I mean, well, that's how it ended. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what was your healing process like? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was messy as heck because I didn't have a place to live at that point anymore. I couldn't, I didn't want to keep that house alone. I didn't want to, I couldn't pay the rent myself. I had already moved out of my apartment. I was in that middle transition. So someone else had already signed on to take my room. Excuse me. Um, 
instead of the honeymoon, my parents decided to just take us on an impromptu family trip to Cabo. So we went on that trip. And in my mind, the whole time I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get an apartment. I'm going to line up an apartment. So I was staying with my parents temporarily and going back and forth between my apartment in Sacramento and my parents and nothing was coming through. And it was my roommate that finally told me, it's not embarrassing. It's not the worst thing in the world. If you go home, you might need to be home for a little bit. And it just, I had to hear someone say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that turned into the next two years of being (laughs) back in my hometown in my parents' guest room, which was my room when I was 13. (laughs) (laughs) And I was only there for so long because nothing worked out. I kept trying to get back to Sacramento. It just wasn't happening. So I immediately jumped into seeing a counselor in Sacramento. He's also a pastor and he had been a really important figure in my life. And I just thought I need to get through this as quickly as possible. So whatever I can do to make this process cleaner, I'm going to dive in. So I met with him a few times, um, did not date at all for at least, I think it was two years. I think I, I went on my first date like a year and a half later. Okay. I went on two dates in a row and realized I am so not ready. <laughs> um, but it was only a couple months later. I think a major part of my healing process that I will give credit to was telling my entire story to Tiffany Reese mm-hmm. for her something was wrong. Podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Podcast didn't exist at the time. It was just mm-hmm. my friend Alyssa reached out to me that knew Tiffany um, and said, Hey, I have a friend that wants to start a podcast. I know this is a really really sensitive time. Take your time. Mm-hmm. But if you ever want to share this on another platform, mm-hmm. you know, this, this person yeah. would be good for you, for you to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it for a couple of weeks, I ended up saying yes. Mm-hmm. And getting that all out in that six hour session in her kitchen mm-hmm. with her and Alyssa and ha- to have their validation and their knowledge and experience was extremely healing. And then with months later, the release of the podcast and the feedback of everybody, 99.9% supportive and positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a major part because I had a big education coming at me. I did not know what narcissistic abuse looked like. I had never heard the term gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It actually wasn't until we were in this trip on this fake so-called honeymoon in Cabo with my family. <laughs> I, I think someone sent me an article or I came across an article that talked about love bombing. Mm-hmm. I had never heard the phrase. And I remember freaking out and sending it to my mom and saying, look, this, there's a word for what happened to me. I had no idea. So it was a combination of the counseling, affirmation, validation from friends, sharing it on the podcast and consistency in other areas of my life. I had my same job with my close friends for a while. I think I just needed that security of the routine of, okay, Mm -hmm. these are the constants in my life because there had been so much, I still needed to rebuild my sense of self. It wasn't just, oh, someone had lied to me. It was, or, you know, someone had been creepy. It was, well, what do I believe anymore? Mm -hmm. Can I communicate? Am I mean? Yeah. Am I, you know, bitch. <laughs> yeah. All these things you know. that he made you believe and think. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's what healing looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up I, two years after living with my parents, quit my job. I got another job at managing a counselor, a therapy practice. Oh, wow. So my boss was an incredible therapist mm-hmm. and think it was so, it was so perfect for me that as I was healing and getting more whole and maybe kind of open to stepping back into the dating scene, my close friend and boss was a therapist. So I could just bounce (laughs) things off of her. That was amazing. And being surrounded by incredible women and men in that office 
it was a major part of my healing mm-hmm. as well because oh, they all loved me so and were cool. cheering for me. So I had their mm-hmm. clinical experience and their love, you know, around me. Yeah. So that's it. It took a while though. It took a while. Yeah, definitely. I mean, ever since I heard your story on her podcast, I have been praying for you. I think about you all the time, actually, because it comes into my mind. I'm like, I can't believe it. It's so shocking to me. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. I followed you on Instagram, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I see you, and I saw that you got married. So I'm like, praise the Lord. How how is that been? Amazing. Amazing in how just, I'll I'll keep this short. (coughs) Excuse me. But it's, it's meeting meeting him was so, I, I, the way, the best way I could describe it was just, it felt like, it sounds cheesy. It felt like open skies. Like there was so little, I remember they're facing an inner battle when I met my ex, a feeling there were things that needed to line up. There was this inner friction that I didn't know how to label. And when I met Kirk, there was a, there was a mental battle but it was different. There was like an air, there was a peace, there was a, I could breathe. And it was more just the head games of, I'm scared that the past is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So I remember telling my boss, who's a therapist, you know, I just, I want to do it differently. And <laughs> the key phrases that she would repeat over and over was number one, we're not doing worst case scenario anymore. Mm-hmm. Stop it. I didn't realize that I was spinning that over and over. And the other thing was, you're already doing everything differently than you ever did. Stop telling yourself you need to do it differently. You're already doing it differently. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I, I think what I appreciated about him was there was nothing larger than life. It was very normal, but very thoughtful too. It was like a normal mm-hmm. amount of connection, but mm-hmm. nothing was like, and nothing felt like it was moving faster than I was keeping up with. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, there were no crazy high expectations. What you saw was what you get. And he didn't have the perfect answer for everything. He wasn't Mm -hmm. Mr. I know it all, you know, kind of thing. It was sometimes there wasn't an answer. And that for some reason, for me, that was really real. Yeah. We don't always have perfect answers for every, you know, question. Mm -hmm. So it's been really healing. There's there's only been like a, a small number of times where I could say I was officially, you know, triggered to use that term mm-hmm. where he would that laugh, that freaking laugh that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there was like one time when like Kirk kind of let out a laugh after something I'd said, and it sounded very much like when I would say something and my ex would go, <laughs> Oh, my little Frenchie. And it was his way of his derogatory nickname. It was his way of saying you're sensitive and you are mm-hmm. delicate and you are high maintenance. And one day Kirk did that laugh and I remember going really stiff and I just, I couldn't breathe. I didn't, I couldn't say anything. I felt like my throat was tight. We were in the car. I started to like tear up mm-hmm. and it was several minutes where he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, oh. we had to process uh-huh. through, I had, I had to cry, you know, and mm-hmm. he was like, I'm not, I don't, I never, I would never, mm-hmm. uh, it was just, it was just a laugh. You know, mm-hmm. there's a couple things like that we had to yeah. work through. Um, I forgot to mention earlier I, I had kind of like opened a story loop and I didn't close it. I had, I had mentioned something about how I had heard something oh, that right, yeah. blown it wide open. Oh, there yeah. was a moment early on. I don't even know if we were engaged yet. This is how mm-hmm. early on it happened. I remember where we were standing. He was in front of me looking down at his phone. I was looking at him and this thought hit my head and it was, he is Kimmy. And I just remember thinking, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I have, 
I have the craziest imagination of anybody I know. Like, is that an intrusive thought? What was like, that? Like, yeah. that's what I would. It, right. I thought that's so silly. I, I just, uh-huh. it was so outside of my own brain. I just remember think, feeling like someone else was in my head. Get out. Yeah. This isn't, that's not cool. You know, not funny. Months later that oh, I found out. That is isn't crazy. that wild? So isn't it crazy that he tried to make me doubt that voice yes. when that voice was right mm-hmm. all along? Oh, crazy. That's so crazy. crazy. That so, is- Wow. And I mean, just in a testament to how amazing Kirk is, the fact that I'm sitting here right now and I've had a two hour conversation with you guys about right. my crazy ex <laughs> and he is more than supportive of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> he, you know, as I'm starting my own podcast now mm-hmm. to share similar stories, not just share stories, but I want to talk about the other side. I want to talk about mm-hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I want to have people like my boss on there. I want to mm-hmm. have therapists and trauma specialists mm-hmm. and, you know, people that have clinical skills and knowledge. I, I, there's so many questions. I think when this happened, like when this happened to me, I didn't even know what to Google. I didn't yeah. know, are there support groups out there for people? Like, has anybody mm-hmm. else been, am I just stupid? And should I have seen this coming? Cause a lot of people said, I could have told you that he was Kimmy or I could have told you. And I'm thinking you weren't me. You were, yeah. you know, you you had crazy background music and the title something was wrong telling you that something mm-hmm. was wrong. Yeah, I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Kirk has just been so he's like, I'll be your tech guy. You know, I'll help you Aww. get this platform uh-huh. started. I think you should. And if I'm, you know, kind of slowing down, he'll go. You know, should you want to work on your book? You want to? He, he's just very. You're writing a book. You know. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I say I'm writing in that. I have a rough draft. Okay. It's not, it's not like complete by any means. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a real outline, but I've been saying I've got to write a book. People have been telling me before I decided to start a podcast, I wanted to write a book. Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason I had a major block against it. And every time I would go to try to work on it, it was when I was about to get engaged to Kirk. Mm-hmm. I had just moved to Tennessee from California And I kept thinking something about this feels like I'm going backwards and I don't want to do that right now. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live. I don't want to live there. And I don't want to forever be that girl that canceled her wedding Mm -hmm. back in, you know, 2018. Mm -hmm. It's funny now having been married for several months and being where we're at, which is so different, even from where it was a year ago, it feels that much further from me. I'm realizing it's perfect. I'm so glad I've waited because now I'm writing it from truly what feels like the other side. Mm-hmm. And not oh, that that's so cool. Not that marriage is the be all and all right. only, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the only other side to stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the mm-hmm. final happy ending. But for me, I am glad I've waited until this point to mm-hmm. have his support mm-hmm. and have that yeah. that like foundation there to start a podcast and write a book. Because now I I want I'd love to be able to for the book to be, you know, three parts. First part what actually happened. Mm-hmm. But the whole book is not going to be about this terrible thing that happened. Right. Yeah. You know, middle part, the healing. Mm-hmm. And the last part, what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, I love that. Moving on to something else. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be marriage, but just living a whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not really controlling the way I think anymore. Mm-hmm. It's forever altered everything. Right. But yeah. at this point, everything, things are so whole that I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back mm-hmm. and erase what happened. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That's amazing. That's yes. the best place to be. Yeah, that's so awesome. So what's Thanks. the name of your podcast? 
Well, my Instagram account has been called Space and Purpose for years. I originally named it that way back when I was learning a lot about busyness and realizing that in order to kind of, I was like, what, what's my purpose? You know, we all ask ourselves mm-hmm. that question. Um, but I wasn't making room to figure it out. I thought I needed to have two or three jobs. I needed to be in multiple things. And yeah, that can work fine. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't giving my mind room for creativity. So it was something that I had been processing for weeks and months. And then when I started a public Instagram to chronicle uh, what I was learning with holistic things, essential oils, Mm -hmm. lifestyle stuff, I named it Space and Purpose because I was trying to flesh out what that might mean. So I've kept that name all this time. I was struggling to figure out what to name my podcast. And after a while, I thought, I can give meaning to any name. I'll just keep it the same the space and purpose podcast. Cause that's what, how people find me might as well just keep it, it. It's broad enough that I think I can just go with it. Yeah. That I makes love sense. it. Anything so under that umbrella. <laughs> yes. That's kind of what I was thinking. And you know, I might change it down the road. I've been taking a course and the, the gal teaching it saying, you can change things. You can change the name. You can change mm-hmm. the logo. You can change the topic. It'll be okay. And I think that was really freeing. So when is it going to be – have you been recording episodes, it sounds like, right? Yeah, nonstop. The last couple <laughs> of weeks have been crazy. So it's like I, in the back of my mind as you know, we've had this interview, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, how does this work? How does this work? Mm-hmm. I like their microphone. Yeah, I've been recording the last couple of weeks um, okay. pretty much every day. And as I'm talking to people, I'm still figuring out what my cadence is going to be because some of them are going to be solo episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really surprised at the number of questions that have come at me. And so while I obviously have no professional experience or qualifications, I have stuff I've actually walked through so mm-hmm. I can at least explain what things have looked like for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring on my boss. She's already told me, or my, my, she's not my boss anymore, but my old boss mm-hmm. slash friend slash amazing therapist. And she is so excited. She definitely wants to talk. So I'm going to have her, I'm probably going to have some episode, episodes with Kirk and me because mm-hmm. a lot of people have questions for his side of things. Right. Yeah. Maybe my mom, you know, people mm-hmm. that a lot of people have said how I have a daughter. How do I open up this conversation with her? Mm -hmm. Or I have a friend that's entering what looks like to be a very toxic situation. How do I talk to her? So I'd love to have my mom or my sister on and say, what was it like for you? Because there is no formula and it really is hard and messy, (gasps) you know, and sucky when you have someone close to you and telling them that you don't like who they're with can cause them to leave you Mm -hmm. forever. Uh, So navigating that is tough. That's, I want it to be conversations around that. Um, but mostly while a lot of the stories that I've heard and a lot of conversations I've had are definitely going to be very difficult listening experiences. I mean, it's a lot of them are extremely heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, we do also talk about how they came out of it, Mm -hmm. where they're at now, what would they change? What are some positives surprisingly enough, you know, from Mm -hmm. it, things like that. Cause I, what I want to do is reach people that still are in the mess yep. because I remember feeling like this is my forever. I'm always going to, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. How do I get out? And the, we forget that nothing is ever going to stay that way. Life changes. Mm-hmm. We can change whatever we want, however we want. We're not stuck. Mm-hmm. So I want people to at least see, okay, this is not my forever. I'm going to have to heal. It's going to hurt. It's going to be messy, but I can pull myself out. That's what I want that message to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I know you'll be so successful. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Wait. Thank you. Is it, 
it's coming out January. Is that right? Yes. I don't okay. have an official date okay. yet, probably because I'm scared to give myself a launch date. It's probably going to be the second <laughs> the second half of January because I still uh-huh. have to figure out how to, how to edit all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely January. No later than the last Thursday of January. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to let us know and we'll let our listeners know too. Thank so they you. Can find you at, where can I find you? The easiest place would definitely be space and purpose on Instagram. Okay. So it's at space and purpose all spelled out. The and is A-N-D. You were talking about how you're looking for people with stories and. Yes. Yeah. My email address is the same. Um, so okay. I'm looking for people that have similar stories, but they're not, but if, if someone is willing to share what happened, but also talk about and be vulnerable about their healing process mm-hmm. and where they're at, how things are going, you know, my whole hope is, I mean, there are lots of podcasts out there and I listen to them where you mm-hmm. can hear someone's terrible story and that's kind of where it ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I, I do want to do something different because I already feel that there's enough of that out there. Mm-hmm. So if someone has a similar story, but they have real tangible ways that they have pulled themselves, or I want to say pull, come out of it. You know, oftentimes, you know, you feel like you're just climbing, clawing mm-hmm. your way out. Um, please email me. It's spaceandpurpose at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are a professional in this field, whether it's, you know, a, a therapist, a social worker, a trauma specialist, a doctor, anybody in the medical field, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm recording a conversation this weekend with a holistic doctor who focuses on female hormones and health and how stress and trauma affects our hormones and the nervous system. I will need to listen to that one. <laughs> I just had a quick phone call with her this last weekend and I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, I finally got it. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. That's awesome. That's so cool. So I would, I'd love to hear from anybody else. I've had um, a couple of professionals reach out to me mm-hmm. willing to share their experiences and their knowledge, which is so kind. So I, mm-hmm. I love how people have come out of the woodwork for this. I am so sad that we only had two hours with Sarah because even editing this and like going over it, there are so many questions that I wish I would have asked. Like, oh, absolutely. There were so many things afterwards. I was like, wait, we never got to ask her about this. But we were like kind of crunched for time. We had planned for two hours and we went over that even. So kind of had to cut it short, sadly. Yeah. My main thing is about Kimmy. Like, I wish I could have asked her. Like, that was a friendship. She probably had to yeah. mourn. She even to, like, though grieve that. Yes. No, there's so many things. I wish I would have asked her more about like how she's doing now and about her podcast and just all of that because I'm so excited for her. I'm just like, I feel like my favorite part of this whole thing was hearing this story a couple years ago and hearing now like how she's doing so well Mm -hmm. and like how she's been able to heal and move on. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. I know. Thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on our podcast again because it was like Malia said, it is cool to see like listen to your story two years ago and then actually be able to like meet you and talk to you like in the flesh. I feel like it's like a huge milestone, honestly, because Sarah was our first official guest that we didn't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. no, it was definitely so fun to have her on the podcast. So thank you, Sarah. Yes. And you can find her, like she said, uh, Space and Purpose. And you'll want to listen to her podcast because I'm sure the questions that we have that didn't get answered, hopefully throughout her podcast journey, she will answer them. Yeah. And the questions I'm sure you guys probably have too. We are also going to be having more guests on the podcast. We are so excited. So actually, if you guys have any stories that you want to tell, anonymous or not anonymous, yes, contact us because we have some exciting ones coming up. We do. We do. And if you want someone to be on the podcast, you should 
send us a message on Instagram and tell us who you think we could interview or who you want to hear from. Um, but oh, actually, before we end, we want to get your guys's Christmas holiday holiday mishaps, Christmas traditions. Yes, all of those. So that link to share your story will be in the show notes and we're also going to be doing some more story episodes what were we gonna do okay I want to do an episode it's like we have so many stories that just don't have a category Uh, mm -hmm. and I would literally just consider them shocking stories like that are like what the actual f (laughs) so if you I'm gonna make a like google form for that so if you have any story like that that you're like i don't know what genre this fits into you can submit it there because yes we want it and we'll have a like a shocking story episode yes hopefully that will be soon because we've got some really good ones written in yes shocking 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 but okay we love you guys and happy thanksgiving or black friday we hope you had a great thanksgiving and have a fun black friday yeah go get those deals all right bye. bye